Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. To say this was a roller coaster week is really putting it mildly. We all know the ups and downs, especially of Thursday's trade. So it was kind of nice on a Friday to be able to see some positivity in the trade. But when we look across the, the U.S., we know that that latest drought monitor came out on Thursday and it brought a lot of states down into more severe drought areas. Add to that, we've talked about the pineapple effect going on in the corn and just in general, the marketings that are going on within the trade. We're going to talk roller coasters starting out today with Sue Martin. She is with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. And we definitely saw that roller coaster in the trade this week. Well, we certainly have. We have the um, uh, market here. First off, you know, the talk of rain. Um, the bean oil basically was what started it first and took down the beans. And as it, you know, bean oil was down over 500 points yesterday on on Thursday, of course, uh, it was on expanded limits, and that also then created beans to be on expanded limits, which took beans beyond uh, a dollar move, as we all know. So today we're still on expanded limits, but markets, you know, it was just too much too quick. And even on November beans, in nine trading sessions, you've had, a two dollar and thirty nine and a half cent break, and that's pretty pretty uh, fast break. But yet we have to realize just how far we've gone up too, and we hadn't had much in the way of breaks all the way up. Very minor soft breaks all the way up, and that's kind of unusual. Even in two thousand eight, you can go back and look, and we had a hard break into um, you know April, and you look at. Um, uh, the market in gosh, 1988 and, you know, just various other times when we've had, even 1996, and when we've had these big moves, there's been dynamic breaks before the finish of the move. This one didn't do that. We went up 13 months in a cyclical count on um, uh, July beans and um, even on July corn. And so we were due, long overdue, but too fast, too quick, and so the market ended the week getting a reprieve. Index funds weren't really in selling today like they were on Thursday. So the market bounced back, got a reprieve, uh, got a little help from the fact that the rains overnight had missed, and um, they went more northeast. Um, we had rains in uh, the western or eastern side of Minnesota, into Wisconsin. I had clients in Wisconsin telling me they had an inch and a half of rain, a nice good rain overnight, and which is certainly going to be the cat's meow for them. Um, but, um, you know, we, and then even in Indiana, they were talking some showers this morning. So, you know, it, it missed the western corn belt. And there's now talk of another tropical depression form, forming in the Gulf and, and then also the potential of a tropical storm over the next week, uh, Claudette, that could come into eastern Texas, Louisiana, about in the same spot. And if that happens, it'll fuel along the same way. We really won't catch much. If Iowa catches any rain, it's going to be just spotty, and we aren't going to have, excuse me, we aren't going to have good general rain. So that should then bring the markets back up 
and we should go up, I would think, into the government report at the end of the month. Those are real important quarterly stocks report and also the final plantings report. And that's what's going to really give us a picture as to the 2021-2022 crop year as to what we're going to have for carryout demand, their first blush of demand and what have you. So, you know, the market will probably not want to be too short into it. On the same token, it might be a little bit elusive on the long side unless weather is sticking with us. And, of course, um, we have four services we carry. Three are saying hot and dry in July into August. And uh, one is saying we're going to cool down in July. You can be dry and cool and still keep the markets going south. Um, it's the heat and dryness that sends the market north. You know, we've been talking, I think, really this whole year, Sue, about how this year is going to be such a market, uh, weather-related market, that is. And now that we are into some some prime growing time here in the States, we're definitely seeing the impact and how volatile and how fast this market can swing around just on one weather statement. Oh, certainly. And that's why the exchange, you know, the mercantile exchange, uh, increased the uh, trading limits on corn and soybeans and wheat and also did so on the meat and so we're certainly seeing the effects of that and of course you know yesterday we also seen sharply lower on the cattle you know and the feeders or not the feeders but the hogs were limit down and have had a couple days where they have pushed hard so the market was overdue for this correction uh you know you look at the hog market and it's all about china's production and their prices are breaking, so, you know, it makes and exports it kind of slowed a little bit in this last report for sales. So, yeah, it the markets were due to want to breathe, and I think that's what they've done. Well, you say that, and the market's needing to breathe, but I think yesterday and Thursday was the first time we've really tested these new limits, and I know that myself and others were questioning themselves as we were reading them on the air because it just seems so odd when we're so used to 25 cents, for example, on corn, and we're looking at 40 cents a dollar on beans. Some big drastic changes. They are, and they add up fast, which means the tolerance of the average trader out here that's trading corn and soybeans and wheat, they have to move quickly when they see the market because their balances, their their equities drop just drastically in a very quick moment, and it becomes very emotional. So... Well, stick around, folks. We got more coming up as we continue on the Friday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell. The roller coaster ride, we know it happened on the grains. It also happened on the livestock front. We've got a lot more to look at. More's coming up. It's a Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue that conversation with Sue Martin. Sue, again, is with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. During the break, we were talking about the wheat harvest, and and we know it's underway in Oklahoma and in southern Kansas. And though we've been getting a daily uh, wheat report coming from the Kansas wheat folks, not a lot of numbers, and there's not a lot of discussion either, Sue, on Twitter or other social media aspects as to how this year's winter wheat is coming along. No, there really hasn't been, and that's kind of a surprise because I I think there's a lot of interest in it. I think the biggest concern's been that it's been running behind time, you know, late this year. And But, um, yeah, you don't hear much in the way at all of yields or anything. I did hear some near Wichita 
that was uh, running around uh, 35 up towards 65, depending on you know the field. And but that's all I've heard. I haven't heard anything more than that. Well, maybe as this weekend goes through, we'll get some more concrete information come early Monday as to what those numbers are at. Having said that, is that affecting this wheat market at all in the trade, or are they just kind of watching the weather like everybody else and and following along with corn? I think the market is following along more with corn and soybeans as it, rather than uh, what the yields are doing. Uh, also, I think global demand, you know, some thought with the uh, break in corn, that we would see like countries like South Korea you know, look for their seed mills that they would buy, switch over and be buying more corn and instead they booked some wheat for seed usage and that's been kind of a surprise. That's kind of kept the wheat from falling as much and as fast as what the corn and soybeans have done. But you look at the northern plains, they remain hot and dry and it sounds like the gratification as we go forward isn't going to be much for them. Well, let's go over and look at the livestock side. You did talk about wheat for feed. I know I've been seeing a lot more university articles talking about that as a possibility. We saw the roller coaster ride in the livestock, just like we saw in the grains. On a Friday, were we trying to get back some of what we lost on Thursday? Well, we were. I think we were looking back towards the cash market. And you had uh, August cattle gain almost $8 in about October and August gain back nearly $8 of that break that they've had in a very few days. And so then, of course, it gave a chunk of that back yesterday on uh, Thursday. So, you know, I do look at the cattle market. I believe that uh, numbers have got of the finished cattle is now finally getting manageable and maybe even getting current. And that's helping the cash market lift a little bit, even though, the product is dropping in value, which it should. The cutout should be coming down. But packers are now, it appears, willing to pay for the cash market here a little better. So we've heard some 120, 122s in, in this market in this week. And um, I think we have a cattle market that's still going to try to hang in there as we go into next week. Then by the end of next week, we might be peaked and try to take another step back to take a look. But yeah, it and of course the fall in corn has been beneficial to feeder cattle as well, but they were a little lower today with corn being higher. You look at the, the, the hogs on the side, and we know that the, the protein demand has been there from China. Are we going to continue to see some, some decent export numbers for these guys? Well, I think so. Um, I think that when we look at foreign demand, it's still very, very good for corn and, of course, for sorghum. But in the hog market, you know, pig prices in China are in a descent. And China's even asking their uh, producers to be, you know, managing their production and what have you. But producers have gotten nervous with the prices dropping and have dumped hogs, and that's kind of created too many at one time. Still, all along, China kept saying, by June, we would be back to where we were before African swine fever hit. But they go and they compare. That was in June of 2018. And they go back and they compare now to almost um, the end of 2017 where prices were. I think that's interesting that they're going back pre-African swine fever by almost six months. Um, I would have to say I think that um, they're getting back on track. Uh, it's a country that does look to me like they're going to try to expand beyond 
what they originally had, but they're, you know, it's a country that wants to get into the export business as well of pork, but I'm not sure they're totally in that camp just yet. And really, how much can we trust those numbers coming out of China? I know. You can't, you can't trust what they say. Remember, this was a week where supposedly there was rumors, didn't matter if it was grains or what it was, that um, Costco and Sinograin, uh, state-owned enterprises, were told to liquidate their longs. Do so what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Well, our number's one eight hundred five two seven zero zero five one and y'all have a good weekend. All right, thanks you as well, Sue. That is Sue Martin joining us today. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss and they're not suitable to all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers. Check it out as a podcast at ruralradionetwork.com and wherever you subscribe. The Fontenelle Final Bell on the Pro Radio Network.